Good evening and welcome to another edition of the JMU Sports Blog Podcast. I'm Todd. I'm joined as always by my buddy Rob. What's going on, Rob? Not much. You know, a week out, still disappointed the way it ended, but more more thrilled with the way it all went down. So still Absolutely. kind of basking in the glory of the JMU softball notoriety and, and kind of fame and, and publicity they've gotten. So still yeah. have fun with it. Absolutely. We're we, we are a softball pod now, but uh, welcome to the off season, everyone. Um, <laughs> we, look, hey, Rob, I've never, for anybody that's listening, I've never been more disappointed. We've had, we've had myriad technical difficulties over the years yeah. of doing this. I've never been more sad and disappointed and frustrated than the fact that last week's episode, which was really from the heart for both of us, was the yeah. one that, you know, we really had trouble with. I tried... Um, if anybody knows, anybody knows how to fix these things, we're we're happy to have some help. Hopefully tonight's will be better. But if, if there's any SMAD student that's looking to be a podcast producer and needs a free internship. Right. If, if you, yeah, if you want free t-shirts and beer, like, mm-hmm. yeah, we, we're look, we're not into free internships. Uh, get paid, kids. Yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah, that was a frustrating but, one. But if you we, want to be part of the team, you, you can share in the wealth, the, the little wealth that we have from this. We will be willing to share if somebody would take on the technical responsibilities. That's right. We're wearing like t-shirts from multiple vendors tonight. We're wearing, yeah. yeah, we have like free beer glasses. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. I was glad to see, Rob, that Palefire was still giving away free glasses. Um, I was big, too. Big congratulations to, you know. Even more glad to hear that the people, only one half of that couple was getting them for some very big news. And me too. That. That's pretty yeah, great. It was exciting. Yes. Um, and we're still in their section because we didn't move our season tickets for football mm-hmm. and everything. So, yeah, that's great. Look, we're a softball podcast. We're here to do seven innings tonight. Um, <laughs> <laughs> most of them about softball. We're. I think, Rob, we should really, we should talk softball. I feel like they earned, like, I was thinking about this. I really am genuinely interested like week to week in some kind of softball update. If there is one like throughout the year, like height of football season, Richmond week. I still want like two minutes on softball after this. Yeah. I I just um, look, we're still so thrilled. We're going to talk a lot about that tonight. Uh, We are going to move into some football thoughts tonight um, and some looking ahead to some summer storylines that are pretty exciting. Uh, and we've got a really fun OT from an old friend of the pod uh, tonight. So, look, Rob, the first thing I wanted to say, I mean, besides go to Mossy Creek and set up your fishing trips, is uh, first inning, I, I don't know if you saw Kevin Warner's treat, tweet this week, but there was a 1,700% increase in visits to the JMU Sports website this week. Or in the week of the College this- World Series, Yeah. In the Sports Illustrated article about it, they had like five takeaways, and they talked about how JMU was in many ways the story of the of the tournament. Oh, for and sure. And they talked about just right. the crazy amount of hits. And I think they said something like – they threw the stat out that there were more searches – was it for JMU softball or, or Odyssey in particular oh. than like Kevin Durant, Devin Booker, and something like – there was like three NBA stars combined. Yeah. Um, um, well, and the amazing thing today, I you know, so one of the – uh, other JMU fans kind of pushed back to Kevin Warner and was like, I'd be really interested to see what were the numbers from these other big JMU events over the years. And it wasn't even close. No, they tore This flew, and this is what we've been saying for, we've been saying this for months and years, but certainly all throughout the last month and a half, that I don't think people grasp like how big of a deal the Softball World Series was. 
and the Women's College World Series is. You know, the the comparison numbers, there were 840,000 visits to the JMU softball website. The 19 football, the week leading up to Frisco, there were 163,000. So that's not even in the same realm. Like, yeah, you know, I, I got to say, like, I'll push back on that a little bit. Yeah. I, I think this is also in the, saying that the audience is there for softball. There are people dying to. That's what I want. Yeah, that's really coverage has not caught up. It's the fact that like as terrific a job they do across all sports on the JamieSports.com website. The fact is there are many more outlets to get your Jamie football news. Correct. You've got you've got the DNR. And they did DNR did a terrific job. Oh, you've got us. You've got sports news. You've got a million places to get. You even got Hero Sports. You've got. Craig Haley and his thing. Yeah. Occasionally, will be on ESPN. Oh, like, and you've even got like Richmond Times Dispatch or Richmond Washington Papers. Post. It's, it's more, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it, the Washington Post had an article or two about Jamie softball, but this kind of a lagging indicator. Right? I think this is just showing that if you build it, they will come. There is an audience that is desperate for content, and unfortunately, there wasn't much beyond. Even like ESPN did a great job covering the tournament. I found the website coverage to be somewhat oh, lacking. Terrible. I found it. The ESPNW coverage, I thought, was was very lacking. You know, you yeah. have these kind of generic type things. So um, that is very exciting. But I think it's reflective of a couple of different things, not just the fact that it, we're, we're not going to say that, like, oh, my gosh, Jamie Softball has 10 times the fans of football. That's not no, the case. No. But they, they've got a super enthusiastic and passionate fan base that is craving for more people to cover it. So there's an opportunity there for people that know the game and, and can build content and create interesting stuff. People will consume it. Yeah. Well, and I th- the one that really stood out to me was the next closest week for visits to the JMU website was the first game day. 2015 yeah. game day was 581,000. So softball was 840,000. Now, obviously, when game day was announced the first time, that's a lot of like college football fans who are curious about what what is this school that's getting game day, right? I mean, yeah. in a different way than the second game day or any of the one double A championships. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the kind of thing that to me was like, I'm with you. And, th- and that was the thing I wanted to say, Rob, was JMU, give me merch next year. You're wearing a breaking tee, not your average underdogs, licensed mm-hmm. JMU t-shirt. We were thrilled today to see that Breaking Tea has entered into a deal with Odyssey Alexander herself. The one benefit to her being a senior was she, to she a certain extent in. she can cash in. And actually, this yeah. is the greatest. That's the first thing I want to start with, Rob, is this is a great example of what we've been talking about, about all of the NIL, the name image likeness stuff. Mm-hmm. And where we've been saying, like, can you imagine if Odyssey was a junior coming back next year and she JMU was selling number three jerseys in the bookstore without her name on them, but she didn't get any credit for them. Like this is the perfect, yeah, yeah, that would be terrible. And this is the perfect example of why a kid should be able to benefit from their endeavors a little bit. And I'm so thrilled that these sales for the new breaking t-shirt that are in partnership with Odyssey and JMU, she gets some of the money. (laughs) Like, yeah. And, and I also Jim, was, yeah. was really excited when we tweeted the link, and you can go to our, our Twitter to see it. Like, yeah. There's a direct link to the whole Jamie collection. Um, a lot of people immediately are like, hey, is Odyssey getting any money from this? Because I'll yes. buy it immediately, but I'm not going to buy a T-shirt kind of advertising her accomplishments unless she gets them. And Breaking Tea was on it. You know, I reached out to them. They're like, no, we're already replying to people. That's great. Like, they're doing it the right way. The NCAA might screw over athletes. 
but you've got good businesses that do not. And in fact, seek opportunities for them. So really, really cool to see it coming together. Yeah. Well, and look, we've been all over the map on this because we, we, we did home field stuff and we love their stuff, but you know, the CEO of breaking tea is a JMU alum. And it's pretty cool when you see like Alyssa Bosley tweeting, you know, Professor Bosley from sports marketing, hard school. Yeah. right? Hard school, like tweeting, you know, this is pretty cool to see two former JMU business school people collaborating, meaning Jamie Mottram and Odyssey Alexander and yeah. Breaking Tea has told us, you know, Odyssey was incredible to work with. And so on top, like on the ball this week and mm-hmm. like really cool. It's just awesome. And, uh, and I just want JMU, like I own and now an Oklahoma, NC, an official NCAA Duke's Oklahoma City t-shirt and the Breaking Tea one. And when I go to Veterans Memorial next year, I, I want merch. Like give me JMU softball stuff. Like where is the white visor? I need this thing from the website. <laughs> like, so I get the Breaking Tea kiosk like at a National Park. Yeah, uh-huh. absolutely. They still have the Lock the Gates t-shirt. They still had yeah. our t-shirt. Which is now yeah, from you know game from game day. Um, so yeah, that that was cool to see. But just in general, that seventeen hundred thirteen percent increase in traffic to the Jamie website during last week. It, I'd actually be more interested to see the social numbers because that that seemed to be blowing up. Like it wasn't just Jamie fans; it was softball fans. It was just sports fans. We talked about you know uh, To and and Ron Rivera, evidently like. Yeah. The biggest Jamie softball fan there wearing is. Wearing a Jamie softball shirt. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, and Rob, I got three emails unsolicited from coworkers mm-hmm. who are not JMU people, two yeah. of which said they'd never watched softball in their life, but somehow their family or somebody in their house had become, you know, had turned this on and this became aware. And they, of course, perked up because they're like, oh, that dork guy I work with. <laughs> you know, we'll yeah. be really excited. Not in the same it. situation. I had yeah. multiple coworkers, old classmates from from business school, not JMU, who are texting me. Like, at your wedding, I started getting yeah. texts from my buddy in San Fran, being yeah. like, "What? oh, my gosh, you watch this? It's amazing. <laughs> right? This girl's the truth. Yes, know? yes. Oh, it's so cool. And on that note, we'll move to the second inning. Um, just big happiness from us. Big congratulations to Odyssey. I saw that she signed with the USSA Pride. Uh, sort of, I, I don't know how to class. I think they're kind of an independent pro team. But this is the same team that Jalen Ford and Megan Good play for. And I yeah. couldn't be happier to hear this. Like, I didn't know, you know, we'd, we talked last week a little bit about could she go to Athletes Unlimited, which is also a really good product. And I think a very intriguing model for women's sports right now. Um, you know, really on top of things, trying to get some stuff on TV. But uh, certainly the Pride team is one that is impressive and travels the country and is I think really, I mean, kind of like Portland Thorns-ish when you think about like NWSL, like, I don't know, it's the team that everybody knows in terms of professional softball right now. And I'm really excited for her. And how cool is it to think that this team is just building their team on the back of Dukes? (laughs) Like, I mean, they're going to have, I think Jalen mostly plays the field at this point where Megan is one of the star pitchers remains. And now they're going to add Odyssey to the mix. Um, just awesome. So congrats to CC. Really excited to see the JMU kids stick together a little bit. So um, that's it. Uh, and then the third thing, Rob, um, we got to hang in there. I think we're in for quite a ride this summer uh, in the next month or two with <laughs> the world of college softball that we've never, you know, 
we've been very plugged into the team and like the seasons for the last six or seven years, but we've never really, I mean, I can't say I've ever particularly followed the sport in the off season. The landscape now. Yeah. And this is about to be a rollicking ride, I think. And I just want JMU fans to hang in there a little bit. Um, the transfer portal in softball has over 700 athletes in it right now. Um, I will, you all should know that without naming names, there are JMU athletes in the portal and there are certainly athletes in the portal who will end up at JMU. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just would hope that everyone can hang in there. I mean, for me, I was really glad to see, I, I don't know. I was uh, encouraged to see Jeff Bourne's comments about Lauren Laporte and wanting to reward her running to reward any of their coaches that have, you know, success and trying to keep her and, and not, you know, there's been a lot of like offline JMU fan talk about how like coach Laporte, you know, is really has a home base in Virginia and loves this place and doesn't had said at one point that she didn't want to use this job as a stepping stone, which is all nice. But when someone doubles or triples your salary, as we've said in yeah. many sports, whether the, right, like football, I'll be, women's- worried. I'll, I'll be worried if she signs a 10 year deal, then has a crocodile tears <laughs> uh, press conference. Yeah. That's, that's basically, I mean. basically, you know, openly interviewing on camera for another job. That, that, then I'll be worried for now. I'll give her the benefit of the doubt that she's happy. And I'll give Bourne the benefit of the doubt that they're both going to find an agreeable solution. Well, and it's certainly helpful for her that, um, I mean, two things, right. A, she made every bonus she could possibly make in the contract <laughs> this year to the tune of an extra 15 or 20 grand, which is fantastic. And, extremely well earned and then b i I imagine the lauren laporte softball camp at james madison university is going to be better attended over the next yeah the the next couple years than it has been in the past so um you know really good for that i will say rob the one thing that's frustrating with softball is the it's so opaque the national landscape we've talked about this for the last month or so there's a really good podcast that I've enjoyed. I think I said this in the circle by fast pitch news, which is another like two dudes who have done this for a long time. Um, so a little frustrating, but they're really into it. It's great. Um, and they've interacted with us a lot the last few weeks. It's great. Um, but then there's another website called D one softball.com, but it's a paid, it's like a subscription service. Yeah, and they're the it. ones who run this like incredible, they update like three times a day at this time. The of portal. Year. Yeah, yeah. The portal tracker, the transfer tracker, um, we've heard there. So just to recap, um, I mean, we'll get there next year, but you know, there's most of, you know, the biggest names on the JMU team this year are gone, right? Kate Gordon and Odyssey Alexander are out of eligibility. They are moving on to professional careers in both Lindsay's in, out, in and out of softball. Right. We, we think that Lindsay had another year, but up, appears contentedly on to PT school. Uh, Madison Naokas is out of eligibility. Um, we'll get to the, let's just say that everyone else on the team had an opportunity. We've seen a social media post from Logan Newton in the last week, indicating that she's probably moving on with her life. Like not in a, I mean, I don't, you know, no, like she has graduated from James Madison and does not appear to be, her post indicated she was done with softball. So I don't know what that means. Um, the one, I, I guess, you know, the couple, Michelle Sullivan, we haven't heard anything from her, very quiet. I, I think the indications were that she, like Logan Newton, 
was probably, I mean, she's already graduated and was on to other things. Um, the one big name on the team that is a big question mark for us is the shortstop, Sarah Jubas, uh, the clutch hitter of the team. She does have an extra year of eligibility remaining. She also has graduated from JMU. I, you know, don't mean to put pressure one place or another, but she will be the interesting name to watch this year, along with a bunch of the kind of backup pitchers and everything else. Um, so that's anything. Rob, the one thing I wanted to ask you, at, at, I guess we'll finish it up this way. Alyssa Humphrey is the pitcher in waiting. She's probably just for everybody to kind of set the lineup for next year. She's probably a one pitcher next year. Alexis Bermudez, the transfer from Bethune Cookman, who warmed up a lot in the tournament, did not play, but played a lot, played a good bit this year. Yeah. Uh, still in the circle. A bunch of there's three or four other pitchers behind them that may or may not play. I think Kayla Bozeman, uh, the transfer from Mississippi State, is a big name who also may play outfield. So could see her at some point. The names you'll returning that we know, obviously Lauren Burnett behind the plate, we think is one of the keys to this team, her development. Um, Emily Phillips, who hit, you know, a, a, was a freshman as well. Those those are both freshmen. She played in kind of the designated hitter role a lot in the postseason and had the enormous, I mean, she had a huge, huge hit in game one of the Missouri Super Regional. I mean, drove in the first run. Uh, expect her, those are two people I think we expect to lead. Um, Hallie Hall, who we saw as serve as the designated hitter throughout the postseason, but not play defense. I imagine she'll be on the field full time somewhere next year. Um, Hannah Shiflett, the opposite of that, the first baseman who played you know exceptional defense in the World Series, but did not hit. I, I imagine we'll see her. Kali Thress, who is the pinch runner we saw in almost every game for JMU, pinch running for. Meeks and all kinds of players, but we saw Thresh in almost every game. Uh, I imagine we'll see her fully on the field next year. Um, there were a bunch of freshmen on this team, Rob. I didn't Hannah Hennessy, Lutz, Butler. I think we talked about Bozeman. Like, you know, the lineup's going to fill out with new names next year. This is not a team that's bereft of talent. Uh, the real key for this team is who's going to step up and lead them. Uh, you know, you hope kind of. Lauren Burnett, Alyssa Humphrey in the battery is a good step in the right direction for next year. So, you know, who knows? I, I imagine JMU, the portal's going to flow this way. You know, even if there are players who leave the program, I imagine there are other players who are going to come back to the program. They're going to come right back, yeah. Yeah, you know. You're, if, you're gonna, it'll be a net positive, I think, for I, this sort of run. And whether it's this year or next year, I think it will absolutely be a net positive. So that was kind of an interesting thing. Um, the one thing I want to ask you, Rob, is for a fourth inning is what do you think about next year at Veterans Memorial Park? Is there anything JMU can do, you know, kind of offhand? Like just thinking about this out loud, like is there anything JMU can do to capitalize on this? You know, I was mentioning we'd love some merch, but what else can they do going into next year to really capitalize on this run? I, I don't know. Like I maybe simple little things like the start time of the games. Mm. A lot of these games from a, kind of, let's be honest, like I'm kind of a casual observer who got swept up in this. Um, mm -hmm. They do seem to play a lot like during the school day. <laughs> There's not a lot yeah. of night games. You know, it's a lot of like, because they do double headers and things like that. So you got a one o'clock, four o'clock or things like that. Like maybe scheduling some marquee games, um, a little later starts to get people around. Um, not so much on the weekends. Mm -hmm. The weekends are great. 
I would think Jamie Williams basketball, I think is a great example of doing outreach to the community, things like the reading day and getting the local schools mm-hmm. involved, packs it in. There's a huge, mm-hmm. huge opportunity to really grab hold of the Valley and be one of the teams. Um, if you saw that, I'm sure you did, Todd, but I think so the too. way that the reception when they got back and all those little girls and boys who were there, just like Garrett getting mm-hmm. autographs, meeting their heroes. I think it's happened that the students and the alumni, they're going to mm-hmm. kind of do their own thing and be kind of, I don't want to say strictly bandwagon, but the bandwagon will, will build itself from that regard. I think there's the opportunity to really build a bridge to the community and do things like, again, with the local schools, yeah. with scouts and, um, and then most importantly with local mm-hmm. leagues, you know, we have, we've got a summer college league up here at the Cal Ripken yeah. league plays in like, and they had little league mm-hmm. last night at the Alexandria aces and they had everybody showed up in their little league jersey oh, yeah. got to go on the field for the national anthem. They announced the all-star teams. They had free pizza and everything. And it was packed with kids and they're, you know, you've got hundreds of right. kids all around the fences, getting excited, looking at that. I think you take that same model and, and you, you build with the youth. Students and everything else put the free T-shirts that'll work or food giveaways, but really try to I, I try to anchor and become one of the teams in the valley. You see the way the valley league and summer league baseball is supported. Oh, yeah. I know youth baseball, youth softball, yeah. really big down there. So I would do outreach to the local softball leagues and little leagues if, if I was in charge. What about you? What do you think? Yeah, uh, apologies. To, yeah, I, I think I mean I think those are both right on. I, I I mean, I don't know. I'd like to see them make sure that I don't know if, how it works with baseball. I mean, their fields are next door to each other, but yeah. you know, timing up games to potentially, I, you know, I think there's a lot of overlap between Jamie baseball fans and Jamie softball fans. I just know from yeah. our few friends that we interact with um, shout out to the Hofackers. Like there's a lot of overlap there, but I'd also like to see them make sure that, you know, the little bit of JMU baseball community is available and has opportunities to see the softball team right there too. Cause I think they, there's a lot of overlap. We saw today, by the way, that uh, coach Eikenberry got a one year extension, which yeah, the Jeff Bourne thing said um, something like uh, the translation, the, <laughs> you know, the, what was the old uh, Obama truth speaker guy, um, yeah. yeah, like the, the translation was, we're not going to fire a guy off the pandemic year, but yep. you need to win games. <laughs> like, So, yeah, I mean, I, I think there's a little bit of that. I I'd lo- I don't know what the rules are, Rob, but with the hills and the outfields and the stadium set up there, there's a lot of like split. I, I don't know if you could sell beer. I mean, I, I don't mean to like just be the one beating the drum for this kind of thing, but Watching a lot of these other, I mean, we saw the Missouri softball crowd in Supers and we've seen, you know, the college baseball crowds. Like, I don't know if there's a way to have a like fun zone, you know, sort of a section one Oh, whatever the football section is in the outfield for softball, you know, but yeah, it's, I, I, I mean, it, 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 yeah, you worry because it almost tramples on the regular atmosphere, right. Yes. And you don't want that to be a conflict, but I don't know. I want. I like the idea of leveraging kind of unofficial seats. You're not. Yes. You don't charge anyway. You don't charge anyway. So if you can like build some too. sort of berm or like that, and it doesn't necessarily need to be around like tailgating or drinking no. like football, particularly given my other suggestion, which is you know youth outreach. But I do like the idea of trying to create some sort of fun zone related to similar to like um, Wrigley Field, you know, across the mm-hmm. street, how they've got on tops. So 
make that just the fun place. You, so you got to get there early and bring your bring your lawn chairs and yeah. kind of stake out a spot like Williamsport, Little League well, World Series. You know, and the, actually the like right the tradition of JMU, right? I mean, yeah. you think about the the hill, what the hill was back. for football and what the hill was for soccer mm-hmm. when soccer was by the old baseball field. Yeah. You know, those were that was like the place to be. To, you know, and you wanted Very to get there so. early and make that an atmosphere. Yeah, I think those are good ideas. I really like the idea of the summer league outreach in the Valley, Rob. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, apologies to Kurt Dudley and the Harrisonburg Turk crew, but Woodstock River Bandit fan here. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, no, I think they could definitely do some outreach even this summer. Just reminding people like, hey, Jamie Softball, you know, I, I'm sure that they do a little bit, but this feels like a big deal. Uh, for those, the, the same people who go to the New Market Rebels games are the people who might go to a JMU softball game. Yeah. So, you know, like that. Or not just the people who are out on the, the youth softball fields on a Saturday afternoon. Right. Are the mm-hmm. ones who'd be most likely to go to a game maybe on a Friday night mm-hmm. or a Thursday after school. Yeah. 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 No, those are all good ideas. So with that, I don't think we have anything else. Uh, we got through the baseball news there. Rob, uh, for fifth inning, I wanted to ask you, we're going to move to a football question here. Big news in the world of college football. Well, potentially big news, nothing official. Um, but a lot of talk at the FBS level this week about uh, the potential for a larger playoff field. Uh, the specific talk is about the potential for a 12-team playoff. The proposal that's going to the Council of Presidents and Chancellors that will vote on this in August or September. This 12-team playoff would include, I think, the if I'm phrasing this correctly, the top six conference champions or the yes. highest-ranked. Highest-ranked. Yeah, the six highest-ranked highest conference, conference champions. So that is very technically worded for a number of reasons, um, both good and bad for the G5. Uh, but I would ask you, you know, does the potential for a 12-team playoff, like, change anything about our <sighs> – relative indifference over the last three or four years towards FBS, FCS discussions? I guess a little bit, but I still think that there's some way that the P5 is going to rig the game. (laughs) You know, even when they go down to like the ranked, I I wonder if they mean like AP poll or if they mean some weird within the BCS within the the computers and the Tuesday night show. Because if that's it, then yeah, this is more just excluding the the G5. If it's open to voters who've got nothing to do with the committee, then yeah, this is certainly attractive because I think this year you would have made the case. You probably would have had some comment two of either Cincinnati, BYU and Coastal Coastal Carolina. Yeah. Um, You would have maybe two of three if you were doing it based on, yeah, the top six things seem designed primarily to hedge against the potential for a terrible Power Five conference champion, which is what we would have had this past year, where we would have had someone from the Pac-12, I think Oregon, who was like objectively not good, like they were three and two or or like yeah. that, you know, like. Where it would have been, I think everyone would have been fine with Cincinnati and BYU or Cincinnati and Coastal Carolina being ahead of the Pac-12 champion this past year. Um, so that's the only thing. I, the main, I mean, the biggest thing that stands out is that you're likely talking about in 
95% of years, nine out of 10 years, you're talking about the champions of the power five conferences plus the champion, the highest the ranked best. champion of the group of five. You're, you're almost certainly giving the group of five highest ranked team, which at this point has been given a new year's day bid. If they're within the top 16, now you're giving them actual access to the playoff. Um, which to me is, you know, look at Jamie softball, right? Well, that is significant. You're giving them a matchup with Notre Dame is what you're doing. Yeah. Because Notre Dame is not going to be in there. And so they're going to get a bid most years and they're not going to put Notre Dame against a top team. They're going to have them take out the team they want out. Yeah, because the way this would set up is the top four teams would get buys and then the yeah. other eight would play to get to go to the buy teams. Yeah, I think that's, I mean, look, all of that is true. But if you are Cincinnati last year, I will 10 times out of 10 take a matchup with Notre Dame. No, it, it's right, great. Right? I mean, for the chance to go play Alabama, like a hundred, give me that. Like, well, and realistically, you're just looking to take one scalp. If you're yes. in a, like, you know, you, you might, you've got the UCF situation where somebody's going to claim a national championship or mm-hmm. whatever. What they really want is Boise State over Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. You know, you want a situation where you can go in there and you say, we swung toe-to-toe and took down a big guy. You don't need to win the whole damn thing to be no. successful and legitimize yourself. And be whatever it is, you know, whatever it is with Notre Dame recently and their awful, awful history in the playoff, it's still a big name. And if you're a mid-major football program, or which is what I kind of consider the G5, and you get to beat Notre Dame in a playoff, that's a big deal. It's a big deal. And and actually, Rob, I mean, I, I really does have a, you know, a, a it's analogous to this JMU softball thing. I listened to that podcast I was talking about earlier this week, and the guest, they asked, like, what was your biggest takeaway from the World Series? And her first answer was JMU. Yeah. She's like, I, I know, like, Oklahoma's historic offense, and they're going to go down in history as a really impressive team. And Mike Kendrea quitting at Arizona, like, as the longtime, like, sort of godfather of softball. Like, these are huge stories. And a girl from Alabama threw a perfect game. But the thing we're going to remember from this World Series is not like Alabama, Florida State game three. We're going to remember Odyssey Alexander diving and them being two and oh, like and all these teams that go, you know, and I think that's what you're saying about this potential for you beat Notre Dame in week one and go play Clemson in week two as since whether you're Cincinnati or Coastal Carolina. I don't know. To me, that does change the equation. It does. but. I've really come around to the argument that it's not so much about postseason football if Jamer to move. It's more about week in, week out, do you have a more compelling product? That's a really and good point. I've really come around to that. Like when people try to argue the bowls versus playoffs, and I think some really smart people say, hey, that's irrelevant. We're not talking about that because unquestionably, it's great to win a title. It's great to win in Frisco. But if you don't, is that really any different? Than going and playing some nothing Bahamas bowl or, or you know Gasparilla yeah. weed eaters bowl, it's not. Um, but there's something that is markedly different about playing it, whatever Virginia Tech or mm-hmm. Boston College. We're not talking like running the SEC gauntlet. No, no, no. Can you just get a big game that you'd be very excited about in October? Every yeah. year? That to me is a little more compelling. If you can do that, plus have a little bit more of a level playing field in the form of hey, even if you do all that and you win you know, eight games and win your championship, you could go and have a shot to take a scalp, as we said earlier. Yeah, yeah that's certainly more appealing. Um, but more appealing than ever is you got to find a conference. 
Just yeah, kind of no, like there's a lot of grumbling yeah. about, oh, Jamie, you should follow Liberty and go independent. Well, uh, that's they're aced out. And that's it'll be interesting what, what Liberty does because, like, clearly you've got Notre Dame, they've got almost a set aside, they will be considered for this, they'll definitely be considered for the outlaw yeah. every year. BYU to a lesser degree, Liberty, no. No, they're, Liberty's they're much, Liberty's a lot closer to UMass than they are to Notre Dame, is what it comes yeah. down to, right? I mean, yeah. that's in the eyes of the this this whole infrastructure, right? And because right. of because yeah. of the factors that they have with the whole, you know, uh, they've got well, deep pockets and everything. They can, they've got their own television network. They can make independent work, uh, but it it might not work in this new environment. You're and I think even irrelevant. Notre Dame and BYU are going to have the screws put to them by this new system quite a bit. Just in the sense that, I mean, we, we looked at this. BYU could end up in the Mountain West. Right? Yeah, or the Pac-12. I mean, they could BYU could probably call their shot if they want to go to the Big 12, wherever they want to go. Yeah. They're like Notre Dame, and Notre Dame can obviously go to the ACC, but it looks like the proposal that's on the table would preclude Notre Dame and BYU from hosting games Yeah, uh, unless they were a seed. You know, mm-hmm. so... um yeah, there's there's some in, there's some real incentive, and there's definitely like some of this was designed to try to get Notre Dame like this past into year the fold. into the ACC or wherever they want to go permanently. Yeah, um, so it'll be interesting. I, I feel like you do, Rob. I, I think there's uh, there's generally more incentive now for sure. I mean, I, I think about that week. So say week nine versus App State, or week nine versus Marshall, or week nine versus ODU. JMU is seven and two, having a decent season, or whatever they are, and the other team is ten and zero. Um, suddenly, that's a big deal, right? Like, like trying to knock off someone who's on track for that, like that means something. Or if it's vice versa, right? I mean, Old Dominion could be three and six and playing JMU, who's ten and zero, and it becomes an Army Navy game. In terms of like your whole season, I, I don't know. I just I wonder what, about that, right? What I like about it is it puts a premium on winning your conference. Yes, which is, yeah. is something you and I have always agreed on. Like Jamie should only make the move if they find peer institutions that we would be excited. Like, would you buy the T-shirt? Would yeah. you buy a Sun Belt Championship T-shirt? Would you buy a Mountain West Championship? Would you buy a MAC? Whatever. A lot of people might not. I, I would be very excited about a conference championship if JMU was with peers that I cared about. I felt like, yeah, mm-hmm. you know, these are all schools that take football seriously. These are all schools that have serious fan bases. There could be some friendly banter. Is there the potential for me wearing this T-shirt? Is it going to attract attention from other fans who be like, oh, remember that game? Like, mm-hmm. that's what you want. If you get all of that plus the opportunity mm-hmm. to go shock the world, yeah, it's definitely more attractive. Yeah. Uh, so... That that this might segue us into our next topic here for six inning. Um, Rob, I want to ask, what do you think is the biggest story of the off season for JMU athletics as a whole? And and this is hard because I think there's three or four that can easily be in the mix. Um, you know, do you have any like early front runners for what's the story of the summer this year? I, nothing that's going to be a singular story. Right. The thing I'm most excited about. Mm-hmm is seeing how Jamie comes out of spring football to prepare for the fall. Like in terms of are people healthy, how are they going to maybe use some of the recruits? Has it changed the way you use freshmen this year? Or are there guys coming back um, who have the extra year? So kind of the whole posturing coming out of the spring, which was 
Yeah, we got Cole back now. We got Cole coming so. back, but Cole got surgery. It's so like right. the entire thing is how do they adjust in this new environment coming off of – it's only been a few weeks. Yeah. yeah right? no, it's, it's, back, we've been spoiled by softball, but it's only been a month. Yeah. yeah. It's only been a month, and they're back doing drills, like our workouts. They're not full practice, but they're back on campus. The freshmen are arriving. So just seeing how they adjust to that um, yeah. and how they can stay healthy, to me, that that's the biggest thing. Everything else – Mm-hmm. is kind of over the horizon. Like, I'm definitely excited about both basketball programs. Mm-hmm. I'm very excited about soccer, but that's tougher to track in yeah. terms of it being a summer story. Yeah, I mean, we'll have reports about pickup games and, oh, who's looking good in, in the UA, what, what is it, Atlantic? Atlantic Bank Union Bank Center, yeah, yeah. AUB. Yeah. Um, but it's tough to talk about that. Football will start to get real reporting, and we're going to have situations. Unfortunately, there's going to be injuries. There's going to be guys who, you know, maybe take a step back or ready. Obviously I want to see how green is adjusting Cole. There's big names, but it's really just how do we adjust from this one off, hopefully one off spring season and bring it back to a fall season where they're primed to be pretty darn good and, and maybe make a deep run. Yeah, I think that's right. And I think that's probably right. I, the other stories that came up for me, just thinking about this, Rob, were I mean, I, I am curious about what happens with softball this summer, mm-hmm. you know, um, does anybody come back we're not expecting, which would be great? Uh, do we lose anybody that would really hurt, which would stink? Do we gain anybody that gives us, you know, incredible enthusiasm for next year? Just generally, how does JMU position themselves? What's the result of this run? Um, men's basketball, you brought it up. I think men's basketball is the thing I'm most excited about for the 2021-2022 calendar year. Me too, but that's right. not really. A but that's not story really a story, it. and it's and it, it kind of like we're reasonably optimistic, and it's all going to depend on what happens on the court. Like, there's not that much. Like, I'm not. It's not like last year where we had a new staff and new transfers, and we didn't know. Yeah. This is like we think they're good. We're really excited. I hope they're good. I do think that men's basketball remains, and this is what I'll say. For me, the biggest story is the bigger picture is both what happens with Jeff Bourne? Like, is he, are we recommitting to another three to five years? You know, we thought a couple years ago that he was close to retirement and now we're entering into a 12 team college football playoff world coming off a world series run for softball, where I think a lot of people are curious about, is there a next step for Jamie athletics? And Mm -hmm. how does that next step like sync up with Jeff Bourne? I, I, I mean, those are the kind of things that and, – and to me, men's basketball is probably the most important cog in that. Like if they can build off of what they did last year, you know, unless something, you know, crazy happens this summer, that probably only positions them better uh, going into the following year. So who knows? Those are, I think football – I think you're right. I think the football question is the biggest one is what is the bounce back from a crazy spring season? Because um, we'll all be ready, <laughs> we'll, we'll all be ready come September. So yeah, yeah, it's not that far away. No, and then seventh inning, Rob. The only other thing we wanted to touch on tonight was I I had forgotten. You know, Olympic qualifying for many of the team sports was last year, was prior to COVID. And one thing I had forgotten until this weekend, this week, and we were reminded through highlights on social media is Jasmine Guapme is the leading is like the leader of the Puerto Rican national team who did qualify for the Olympics for the first time ever, uh, which is really cool. (laughs) 
like, yeah. it is really cool. And I don't, this might be a bit of a non sequitur, but you're from a more traditional major. Mm-hmm. Like I'm just a business school guy, so I don't get it. You're more liberal arts. Yeah. How is Puerto Rico can, competing as an independent country in the Olympics? Like, I don't understand that. <laughs> It's very confusing to me. I actually thought about this with the Euro soccer championship going on in North Macedonia. And World Baseball Classic. World Puerto yeah, Rico has a team always, as well. Yeah, I don't know. And and Puerto Rico is not alone in this because the Netherlands Antilles, like Curacao. Yes, Andrew Jones. In, like, always, Little League, yeah. Like yes. they compete separately from um, – I'm probably – Guam, I think, has – Yeah, yeah, like there are definitely – So I don't know. I mean, good for them on some – I mean, Scotland and Wales and Northern Ireland compete – as independent nations in FIFA, which yeah. is strange too, right? So I, I don't, I, I don't. Now I get confused as to who is independent and not independent in the, among those countries. But yeah, I, the UK you know, always in the Olympics, the UK, the UK, UK often, Britain versus- yeah, they they compete as Great Britain versus those other teams. So I don't know how Puerto Rico does it. I'm happy for Puerto Rico and happy for Jazz and really cool for JMU that we're going to have another. We are 100 going to have a prominent Olympian um, this summer. And I, I don't know. I, I, I We'll look into this a little more as we get a little closer in the next month, Rob. I think this will be part of our offseason will be what happens with Japan, you know, this uh, this summer. You know, but I think it's cool. It's always fun when we have JMU Olympians. So, yeah, definitely. Yeah, is. yeah. So I think that's it for our substantive stuff. We got one OT question tonight, Rob. Um, hold on one second. All right, we got one OT question tonight from our friend Pim Yeager. This one's stored away for a while. You asked me tonight, Rob, do we have any leftover from like our batches of old yeah, OT so questions? so many good ones over the year, like over the past year or two, and we keep saying, oh, we'll get to them eventually. Let's just do yeah. one of them tonight. Yeah, so um, Pim's probably one of the only people listening to us in the off season, so we thought it'd be a good time to bring back. And I just, as we're, we're getting ready for like full capacity, real tailgating, like three Two and a half months from now, 10 weeks from now, we'll be back at Bridgeforth, 10, 11 weeks from now. Uh, and he had asked us, what are our favorite like tailgate tunes? Um, he asked for the top 10. I think that's a little much for us in an off-season podcast, but we thought we'd do a couple each. Um, Rob, you want to start us off here? Um, I'll go full middle age and just say, give me shelter, Rolling Stones. Ah. I just I feel like that's a good one to get whatever crowd if you're trying struggling to get people to take you seriously when you say it's time to pack up and you need to kind of center everybody I feel like you turn that on and people start to get excited and start to get in the motion like hey you know what it's time to go in let's focus here let's focus let's go so so you're getting like intense that's I tried to go the other way so I just I I can't well I I do I will get so fired up by the time we actually walk into the stadium but I can't handle like the serious some people get really you know my old buddy Drew, like, you know, we'd go skiing and on the way to go skiing, he'd have to play Rage or, you know, something like hard. And I can't, like, I need to be in a different headspace. I appreciate that because I had to force myself to go there. I was like, I'm not the type of guy to build like a psych you up podcast, but I just thought like fun songs that kind of center the group and get everybody talking. And I do of- like that one. Yeah. Cause mine, my first one, I was thinking like Miley Cyrus party in the USA or something. Like, I'm just like, I need something that just like people are happy. We're at the yeah. tailgate lot. We're just having a good time. Like there's no, you know, I, I, I'm not ready for the real hardcore stuff yet. So maybe at the end. Yeah. <laughs> but, oh. Okay. Well, I actually went the other way and a little more mellow, just song I like. Um, and it's Sturgill Simpson 
Mercury in Retrograde. And I know oh, yeah. hardcore Sturgill fans will be like, oh, Sound and Fury. I, I love that album. And oh. I just love that song. I think it's just a very fun song. You could go either way with it. You could go more that like, hey, let's just chill out and have another beer. Or let's play this as we walk to the stadium and kind of get excited. So I, I really love that. Um, I had not. That I love. First of all, I love that song. It's definitely my favorite off of that album. But I also like that album. So I do yeah, too. I really, it. really, really, really good. Um, you know, I have a really soft spot, Rob, for any kind of rebirth brass band mm-hmm. as a tailgate thing. So I mean, obviously, do what you wanna is the is the kind of famous version. Right, that, so. that would probably be one of my upfront like first things out of the gate but any kind of horn section just makes me happy in a tailgate lot so that's probably where i'd go yeah so you got one more for us yeah i mean i guess if it's if you're giving me the ipod Mm -hmm. you're gonna get wilco whether you like it or not so (laughs) you don't even need to choose a song there but you're you're also gonna get beastie boys so i would just say so what you want just again i love that song Uh it's kind of a good party song everybody gets excited People who want to get crazy and jump up and down can do that. Other people that just want to kind of mellow out, reminisce, and and get a little bit, um, I don't know, like I guess reminiscent. Just what I was saying, nostalgic. Yeah. That's what I was looking for. Oh, I'm just hanging out and having another beer. So good song. Excellent. Everybody knows it, and I love it. Well, right. if you're giving if you're giving me the iPod, you're going to get Taylor Swift. But that was not my yeah. that was not my choice here. <laughs> um, you know, for me, maybe it's a JMU thing. Um, any kind of like, I was thinking Eric Church here, but any kind of like semi-mainstream country that still doesn't signify that you're a racist asshole is like on the bottle or something like that. yeah 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 it still is like good for me in the, in the, in the harrisonburg lot yes exactly like I, I i'm not gonna go you know we're not gonna have toby keith or one of the like bro country you know idiots here but brooks I, I, and Dome. how about some brooks and Dome? yeah we could do that yeah. absolutely neon yeah. moon here yeah a hundred percent yeah yeah but um yeah so that that's probably my other my last part but I'm hope, that. yeah so hopefully pim um enjoyed that one we, we might revisit that it with a little more thought at some point but uh, those are hard because i mean obviously what we all play is start wearing purple and yeah. the fight song and um I don't know. I mean, I love playing my morning jacket at tailgates, but that's, you know, I don't know that that's particularly tailgate friendly. You know, so. No, yeah. I also find myself like playing a lot of stuff that we listened to when we were in school. Me too. So I, I thought about, about like Dixieland or like the samples. Yeah, or, or the samples know, or Fishbone. Yeah, like all of that for sure. Yeah, widespread. You can never go wrong with widespread at JMU tailgates. So that's pretty good. So. Anyways, big thanks to Pim. Whenever you submitted that, it could have been two years ago for all we know. Uh, But I had taken notes in the back of the book at some point. So, look, thanks, everybody. I I just we said it last week. It's this year has been harder than ever for us, for JMU Athletics, for everyone. And to everyone who stuck with us this year, we we really appreciate it. We love you all. And we're looking forward to a regular fall tailgate where we can give you uh, give everybody beers. Yes. Get your vaccine if you haven't, people. That's right. Do do what you can. So in any case, Rob, I will talk to you next week. Yes. Have a good week, everybody. All right. Go Dukes.